Is guest posting on other people's blogs really worth the effort? Find out on today's episode. So it is brought to you by Easy Pay Direct, the payment processor for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Get the lowest processing fees in the business by visiting servenomaster.com backslash easypaydirect today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Guest posting is coming up more and more as a question as people think about strategies to grow their blog, and it's a very popular strategy. Very simply, it's where you write a post on someone else's blog, in exchange for you providing them with free content, you get a link back to your website. And as you delve into strategies to get more traffic to your website, the strategy is two things. Number one, someone on a more popular blog reads your post and then goes and visits your blog. You get immediate traffic. Number two, Google and Yahoo and Bing and all the search engines, they see that and they go, oh, this website's a little bit popular. Website A is saying website B has some good content. They let this, they put this link in place and it increases your ranking for different search terms. And we all know that backlinks and links to your website are one of the ways you increase your authority, your power, or just how much traffic you get. And so the question of blog posting isn't should you do it or not, it's much more about should how to do it strategically. And I wanna take you through that process in today's episode. The effect of a popular blog post is immediate but short-lived. I wrote a post recently for our Kindlepreneur. You can see a link to it in the show notes. It's all about designing a book cover that doesn't violate copyright because most people don't think about this. It's really easy to get in trouble and Amazon and most of the bookstores have a standard policy that if you get accused of a copyright violation, they take your book down immediately. You have to fight to get it put back up. You have to take on all liability, and it puts you in a vulnerable financial position, and you might not have even known you did it. So I wrote a long blog post about that, and in that blog post I mentioned one of my books, had a link to a free copy of one of my books, and I got a spike that lasted about 10 days until the next new post got put up on that site. So I got that short-term burst, but long-term, it's a site that's much more popular than mine, gets a lot more traffic than mine, and so I still get the value of that link that says, oh no, go here. And so their authority, their traffic, it still sends attention to mine. And the more of that you could do, the better. And why is this out there? Well, first of all, blogs need more content. The number one issue I have with my own site is generating enough free content. There are never enough blog posts, podcast episodes, and videos on my channels. Never. If I could put out five blog posts a day, I absolutely positively would. If you look through my history, there are large swaths of time where we just weren't putting out enough content. We weren't even putting out a blog post a week, let alone multiple posts per day. And unfortunately, it all goes back to my medical condition. It's this limitation. I can only have so much time I can spend on the computer and actually formatting a blog post and posting a blog post is one of the hardest things for me to do. It's very, very physically challenging. And it's one of the reasons I've hired a much bigger team and a big part of their job is to take my content that I produce and get it out there. As I'm recording this, several months before you'll hear this episode, because I've recorded 10 podcast episodes in the last week, between three and 500 small social media videos that have never been published, and we have about 30 blog posts that are sitting in our back end and they're not pushed out the door. And it all kind of goes back to a challenge within our website, which is that we're changing the back end, we're changing the platform, and the page builder is so slow. I had a big fight with her yesterday. I said, look, you were supposed to be finished today. It's the end of the week. You keep pushing delays. You're done. I mean, I've hired someone else. I'm replacing you. She begged for an extra 48 hours. We'll see what happens in the next 40 hours. But it delays everything. We can't create an SOP, a standard operating procedure, a series of steps to teach 
how to post every blog post because it's going to change. And so it became a chicken and the egg thing. And it's very frustrating because I have content. I just can't get it out the door. And it's really, really, really hard to find people that can do that. I can find writers. I can pay writers. I buy it for blog posts all the time. I have no problem paying for content. I pay for loads of content. I love doing that. But when you pay for content, they send you a Word document and that's it. That's not a blog post. A blog post needs an image. It needs formatting. It needs a pre-written tweet. It needs a little social media post. It needs images that are resized for social media. All these additional things that we need that you didn't need when you started blogging 20 years ago. When I wrote my first blog post in 2005, you didn't need any of that. You just needed text. You didn't even need to break it into paragraphs. Those days are long gone. And what's needed now, what's required to make a blog post work is a lot more complicated. No one wants to read text walls, unfortunately. So I, like many other people, have opened the doors to guest posting a few times. But it's actually really, really hard for me to get people to write guest posts for me. You wouldn't think that, but it's absolutely true. And that's because, like every other blog that's high quality, that has a bit of traffic, we have guest posting guidelines. We have those guidelines because we need content that matches the quality of the other content on the site. Well, I would love every single person who listens to this episode to write a post for me. It can't be a 300-word post. It can't be full of misspellings. It can't disagree with the other things that I teach. It has to be in alignment as to follow. Now, we have hundreds of ideas for you to choose from. We like it even more if you give us a list of three ideas that you have, and we can choose the one we like the most. But in the entire five years, we've only gotten about two people that have gone all the way through the submission process. And I learned my mistake with the very first person I let do a guest post on my site because I didn't have the guest posting guidelines in place. And so she demanded I make all these changes. I had a really a bunch of really great images. She goes, no, I want boring images that don't match the rest of the design of the site. And many people won't click on the post. And it became the least popular post on my entire site. No one wanted to click on it because she demanded, even after we did rewrites and work with our editor, that we make it terrible. And so now when someone writes a post for us, we have really strict guidelines. You have to write following our guidelines because a post that no one wants to read doesn't really help me. A post that doesn't fit the aesthetic of the site, doesn't fit the structure of the site, doesn't fit the quality of the site, isn't really useful. But the reason blogs need more content is for four reasons. Number one, the biggest value is traffic. When I put out a new post, I send out an alert to my list, my following, Especially when I can put about regular, then people know, oh, every Wednesday there's a new blog post. Every Wednesday there's a new blog post. And what I'd like to do is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're working towards that. Because we want that consistency so then people come back. It creates engagement. It creates that relationship that maintains our connection. So that in between buying stuff, you're not looking to someone else for information. In between reading books, you have another source of information for me. And I really believe this year, my biggest focus is putting out more free content. And the value for the writer is that they get put in front of new people. And they put a link back to their site and someone comes back to your site. You start to get that attention. So we both get traffic. The second benefit is search engine optimization. Again, it helps both of us. I have a new article that I can try and drive traffic to and get other people to link to. And you have an article that links to you. So I get the initial benefit, but you get the benefit of all of my existing traffic, all my existing link juice. And the way this works is that as my ranking goes up, you get pulled with me because the value of my link to you goes up in value. I can get guest posts on sites that you can't get access to yet because you haven't built up a reputation. And as I put posts on those sites, they link to me, then I link to you. And it becomes this connection where we rise each other, we bring each other all up. As I say in a lot of the emails where I approach people, I say rising tide rises all ships. And I really believe that, that you find places that have great content that you think would be good. And when I post on someone else's website, I post, I tell my audience, I go, oh, I just posted on this website, look at my post, leave some comments. So we actually give each other traffic. And when you have a post on my website, maybe you'll tell your friends your list. And even if your list is only 10 or 100 people, that's still 10 or 100 people that are now coming to my site. It's a little bit of a traffic boost. It's not massive, but it still counts. It means I'm in front of some new people and that now our names are tied to each other a little bit. It gives us a little bit of shared attention. The third value is networking. My entire business is built on relationship. I spend an unbelievable amount of time in one-on-one conversations 
to grow my business now. The majority of what I do is not customer facing. It's not what you guys see. For me to record one of these blog posts takes 25 to 35 minutes. That's not an entire day's work done. Most of my time is networking, communicating with other people. I have multiple brokers who bring me deals all the time. How do they come into my life? Through networking. I form connections with them. I talk about networking all the time, but it's really hard to build your network when you're just starting out, right? How do you build your reputation? How do you get people's attention? You have to be strategic. And I'm going to teach you that process in a moment when I teach you my entire guest posting process. But what I want you to see is that once you've written a guest post on someone's site, you have a little bit of their authority. I can say, oh yeah, I've guest posted here, here, and here. If you don't think that matters, go to anyone's website, anyone who's ever written a post for the Huffington Post. What do they have? Huffington Post's logo on their site, as seen on Huffington Post, as seen on NBC, as seen on Fox News. And it doesn't have to be that big. Anywhere that's recognizable to your audience and that's a little bit larger, that's what you're going to do. The fourth value, well, it's money. We all want to make more money. The end result of more traffic is that you make more sales. Additionally, it could be a shorter cut. You can write guest posts for someone and that can turn into a paid position. Several of the blogs I follow, that's what happened. When I first started out, I really couldn't afford to pay people to write for me. At this point, I can. I'm not the, I don't have the biggest budget in the world because we have so many employees. We have budget goes in so many different places, but I do spend three to five cents a word. Since I need articles that are 3,000 words long, I pay anywhere from 90 to $150 per every blog post I pay someone else to write. And plenty of people pay more than I do. It's absolutely fine. There are places you can go and there are plenty of writers who are looking for a higher number than that. Totally fine as well. I absolutely understand that. If I had more budget, right, if more money was coming into the site, obviously I would have a larger amount to spend on blog posts, but that's really something I got to this year. I used to not be able to even afford those numbers, but I don't hide. I don't want to hide what I actually pay. It's no problem. And the way you get hired on a lot of these websites is you write couple of guest posts and someone goes, hey, would you be willing to do this full time or get paid? And it actually can lead to paying work. Absolutely. Right now I use external services. If I could hire someone in-house to write for me, I would. It's pretty hard. It's been a challenge for us. And it's not a full-time job, right? Because we just need a post a week, but we pay buying backs, batches of 10 posts. So I'll pay $1,000 to $1,500 per task. You write 10 posts and ideally then you'll spend an hour or two uploading them all, queuing them all up. So then when I review them, they're actually already in my dashboard in WordPress. It's so much easier for me. That's the value of having someone in-house. And if we saw a commensurate spike in traffic, then we would order more frequently. We would go from ordering 10 articles every two and a half months to ordering 10 articles every month. And it should take you to write 10 articles or 3,000 words, two to three days. So basically, you'll be making $350 to $500 a day working three days a month. And now, when other people says, I say they need a writer, I have a lot of friends. By the way, I have this conversation with my friends all the time who are looking for writers in that range, similar price range, five cents a word is what most of them are paying. I mean, again, depends on the quality and how much you take across the finish line. If you need no babysitting, no editing, you create something amazing, you pick the right images, you format everything, and I don't need to pay other people to improve the article once you finished it, yeah, you're going to get the higher number. If I have to bring my editor, Allison, then if I have to have someone else go in and check all the formatting, then I, someone else has to go in and fix the links inside because we link to other articles internally and externally, well, then you're going to be at the three cents a word mark because we have to spend that money that could have gone to you have someone else take the article across the finish line. So I know loads of people who've gone from writing guest posts to getting paid for writing posts for the exact same websites. This is how you prove yourself. It's not always going to happen. It's not a guarantee it's going to happen, but it's a great way to do it. I would absolutely love if I could have four guest posts a month from different writers and I could call it Guest Post Friday. I have interns that I've tried to train and some have done really well and some have fallen to the wayside or other opportunities. One of my first really great intern writers got picked up by a publisher. But what can I do? I had no time to continue work with us, but she was doing a great job until that happened. So those are the four benefits you get from becoming a guest poster. You get 
more traffic, you get search engine optimization, link juice, attention back to your site, you form a connection with that blog post owner and you can make money. So how can you make it happen? Some sites have like a whole guest post submission process, but for a lot of them, it's hard to find. Just because a site doesn't have it doesn't mean you can't do it. So a way to start out with step one is to find 10 to 30 great blogs that you really like. You can go, I would love I had a guest post on these sites. And then you're going to sort them by traffic and popularity. If you're an absolute beginner, then you might want to start with the smallest site. If you post on a site of someone I know that's smaller than me, and then when you come to me, you go, oh, I wrote a guest post for this person. Here it is. And you can link to it. That's going to get you so much more attention than if you come to me cold. And then when you come to me and, you, and you've written a post for me, and then you go to someone bigger than me and then someone bigger than them and someone bigger than them. This is how you end up on really big sites because each time you go, you've created a ladder. You've created an ascension where your authority increases. And you can say, oh, I posted for this site that's a little bit smaller than you. They go, oh, okay, they've heard of it. And this is how you can get on sites that I'm not on. And so you make this list and you sort them and you're going to start with the smaller ones or ones that are in your range. If you have a little bit of authority, maybe you go up to the mid range. But I recommend starting with the smallest ones and working your way up. So to get to that top site, the one you want to be on the most, means you have to write 30 blog posts if you get a yes from everyone. Step number two is to invest in the first batch of sites you've chosen for a month. For a month, what you're going to do is leave comments on posts. You're going to share their posts. You're going to do social sharing. You're going to give value to that site. I absolutely pay attention to the comments that come into my blog. I don't get a lot of comments. Some sites are really comment heavy. Mine isn't. I've never been that way. It used to really bother me, but I just accept it. It's just not how people communicate because I see people get lots of comments. I get lots of emails. People like to direct message me one-on-one. -on -one. No problem. I've learned that lesson. Lean into your channels. But with getting such a small number of comments that are legitimate comments every month, I read all of them. I notice them. Even if someone else on the team approves them, I go through and I check them all at, you know, once a month. I look at them and I notice who's posting, who's posting good content. And that's a big difference. It's not about just posting, hey, cool post, right? I don't know if those are spam or not. I get those sometimes. And when I can't tell, I'm like, eh. But if you put a little effort in your comment, you go, oh, you know what? This was really interesting. I did this. How about this? I have a post where I say, when I say, oh, here's the five steps to starting your blog at the bottom, I say, give me a link to your blog. I'll look at your blog. And I look at those comments. I go to every one of those blogs. I always look at them because I said I would. That post has been up for about four years. Every time someone posts, I do it. I ask for specific things all the time in the comments. If you've written a guest post on someone else's site, post it below this video. Post it below this on my on Servermaster directly on the blog post about this or post it on YouTube channel. And I'll see it. My team is really good. We're organizing. Now we see all those comments and they send them to me. And then I can see that because I love, I love to see what you've written for other people. I might just see that and go, wow. And I'll message you and go, hey, you know what? Would you write a guest post for me? You might not even have to reach out to me. It's that small amount of effort. Most people won't do that much effort. Most people will listen to this episode or watch the video version of this episode and do nothing. They won't even click a thumbs up, even though it's a useful and helpful video. So you can stand out. You already become a one percenter just by doing that small amount of effort. And even saying that, I know 90 out of 100 people that watch this video on YouTube will not take any action. That's okay. I just know that's how the world works. And the reason we're leaving these comments and giving value is that you're going to start to get on someone's radar. The person on the blog post will start to notice, hey, you've written some really thoughtful comments. You put some real effort in what you have to say, and that's interesting to me. And I notice it, and that leads us to step three. When you actually reach out to the blogger, when you say, hey, I really like your site, and I, was, I would love to write a guest post for you. Here's an article idea I have. And you say three ideas. And even better is if each of those three ideas have three bullet posts under go, oh, I was really thinking about writing an article about this, this, and this. And my content, if I choose one of these three, would be ABC, ABC, ABC. It's so easy for someone to say yes or no to a specific article. Honestly, if you come in ice cold and you have a good article idea, you give me three to choose from and I like one of them, I'm just going to say yes. I'm just going to say write it because it's so much easier. If you send it to me a message and you don't have that, you go, oh, you take guest posts. I say, yes, I do. I usually never hear from that person again. And because all I'm really saying is, okay, do it. I just told you, go write me some ideas. 
what a lot of people think guest posting is, is assignment-based writing. Assignment writing is where I tell you what to write. I give you an outline. I do that for my team. I have it for this podcast, this whole episode, right? I've written out an outline. It's 11 lines long. It's 11 bullet points, and I'm working my way through it. We're most of the way to the finish line. We've already done really good. We're on bullet point number nine. But I did that. If you're going to write a post for me, then I don't want to do that, right? Like, I want you to do everything because I want to really see what you're capable of. What I really love are people that I don't have to monitor. The less I have to watch what you're doing, the easier it is for me to work with you. And this is across my entire business. I've scaled my business from two employees to 10 over the past six months. This is my third time building a large team. This is the first time it's been really good. To me, three swings at bat. Fortunately, I didn't strike out. It's really been hard for me because it's not natural for me. I have to read books on management and learn about leadership and realize my responsibility in all of these pieces. And what I've learned along the way has really made a difference. And I look for employees that need very little oversight. Most of my employees, I speak with twice a week at most. We do most of our communication with our project managed software. I give them assignments. I say, figure out how to do it. Show me your strategy. I'll prove the strategy. And then you implement because I can't manage. They say in management, a middle manager can manage seven people. And then every time you grow beyond that, you need another manager. So if you have a team of 21, you have a person at the top, your business manager, and then three managers below them who are managing each of those other teams of six. So I can't spend all my time managing because I spend all my time creating content and doing big picture strategy and networking. So that means I look for people and this is Everyone I know, we look for people that can self-motivate, get the job done. What I don't want to do is ever follow up with someone and say, hey, how's that article going? I hate that. Mostly because I'll forget to do it. This is why certain projects I've worked on, if you listen to the comic book episode, why did the art for the comic book take six months? Because I wasn't checking in often enough. I wasn't doing a lot of pressure. Finally, I sent him a message. I said, look, if you don't deliver the deliverables, I'm just going to cancel this contract and do a full refund. He goes, oh, here's 90% of it done. I'm like, why didn't you send me those pages? Why have you been sitting on the pages that were done? So I don't have enough bandwidth to chase people down. That's not what I want to do. If you say you're going to write a guest post for me and then you don't do it, I'm not going to follow up with you. That's not my job. That's your job. And that's how you separate yourself. What I want you to see is that other people are making these mistakes that you can avoid. So when you reach out to someone, you have an idea and you say, hey, I would love to write a post for you and I would love to share your messaging with my audience. And you're going to include three post ideas. So if you say to me, hey, Jonathan, I've got a small social media following of this many people. I would love to post on your website and share with my audience. Now, ego is even higher, right? Three ideas, good. You have an audience to share with, even better. The more value you put in that first email, the more attention you're going to get. Because what I'm looking for is people that are demonstrating that they're finishers. People are demonstrating that they've done work in advance. Hey, I laid the groundwork. I've spent some time on your website. I'm not just a random person. What I get a lot of are offensive emails. There's some tools. I think one of them is called Outreach Ninja, which unfortunately my website is listed on, which have pre-written email templates that are really, really offensive. And they're like, hey, Jonathan, or hey, owner of servnomaster.com, we noticed you have a blog. Thanks for noticing. We've written a blog post that we think you should link to from your website, and we'll even give you this, well, it's usually an image or a long post image or something like that, you know, some type of pictogram or image or that you can share on your website. And I know it's a copy and paste email because it, then it says at the bottom, like, you know, Webinar Ninja, or not Webinar Ninja, Outreach Ninja. There's a couple of other tools that do the same thing, like Mailshake and a few other ones. So they're sending a garbage email. Now, I happen to listen to the Authority Hacker podcast. I know that SEO strategy, and I can tell these people are doing it wrong because there's a way to do it right, and they're not doing it. What they're saying is, hey, we've written an email that we're copying and pasting to hundreds of people. We'd like to put a piece of garbage content on your website that lowers the value of your website, gives your visitors a bad experience, and they want you to link to our article. So we want you to do, Jonathan, is post content from us on your website and link to our website, and we're going to give you no value in exchange. What we would like to do is attack your website like a vampire. We want to give your customers a bad experience, your readers a bad experience, so we can extract value. They offer nothing, and that's why it's offensive. 
if they were serious and they approached me the right way, they said, hey, we would like to write a custom article for you, totally original, 3,000 words with these bullet points. And at the end, you'd have a link to this article from our website, da, 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 da. What do you think? That's interesting to me. Now you've got my attention. If the article idea is good, you have a much higher chance of getting a yes. But they don't do that because they're not interested in putting the work. What they're interested in is stealing value. These are value vampires, which are the worst type of people in the world, are people that are only looking how they can take and never looking how they can give. And that's why everyone hates them. And that's why they have to do automated approaches because if they called me on the phone, what I would say to them would not make them feel very good about themselves. So you don't want to be like that. You don't want to come across as that type of person. If you write an email that's not very good, and that's okay because you're learning, I can separate you. I go, oh, you know what? This person's already written a couple of comments. This person shared something on social media of mine. This person's messaged me on other channels. I know it's just not a bot. I know it's not a piece of software that just searched and I came up in a keyword result because I ranked for some random keyword they checked. That's different. So what we're trying to do is not only give value, but demonstrate that you're not a value vampire. And when you do this, you can get a lot of attention. The only reason I don't write guest blog posts all the time is my condition. If I didn't have problems putting content on my own, so I used to write blog posts all the time. My very first blog, I was writing three to five posts a day. I love doing it. Now I physically can't. Because of my infirmity, I'm limited. Because I live in the middle of nowhere, it's hard for me to synchronize my internet. Right now, my internet speed is at about dial-up speed. It's the same speed my internet was at about 1992. So during the daytime when I'm awake, it's very hard for me to synchronize with other people and do something where we're both connecting at the same time. That's why I don't do as many podcast interviews. When I do a podcast interview, I have to do it between 2 and 4 a.m. my time. I've got three young children, fourth young child on the way. It's a lot of time working at night. My internet night has gotten stabler, so I am doing more and more podcast episodes. And I love doing interviews. And I love that type of guest content. But there's a lot more opportunities for guest posting on blogs. I have a physical limitation. Otherwise, I would do it all the time. If you have a bit of budget and you're strategic, you could pay someone else to write the post for you. you offer someone a post, give them three ideas. They say which one they like. You have someone else write the post. You send it over and you still get the backlink. Nothing wrong with that because you both got what you wanted. They got a good piece of content. You got that link you were after. And it comes from that value mindset. Because now what you really did is you, you saved me 100 bucks. You wrote a post for me. All right, you paid someone else, you paid someone else 100 bucks? No problem. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, you can have a link for that. It's much better than when you approach someone and just try to pay for a link. But if you follow these strategies, you can grow your business and you can get traffic, search engine optimization, love, form some networking connections, form alliances. Because then after you write a post for me, you can say, hey, Jonathan, you know other places that would be good? I go, oh yeah, here's some places I've guest posted. I'll send you an email, forward you on because you did something good for me. Now I can recommend you. And you can start making money along the way because I would love to hire you as a full-time writer. Be amazing for both of us to have a really complimentary relationship where you can start making real money without working massive hours. It starts with a demonstration of your expertise. And that's the power of guest posting. If you found this useful, please let me know in the comments below. Please post links to places where you've written guest posts so I can see your content out there. I would love to see what you're doing. I want to encourage you. And that's another way that I can give you a little bit of value. And I can't wait to see you succeed. And I'll see you next week in our next podcast episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Email your questions to podcast at servenomaster.com and your question with my answer might appear in the next episode.